I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press music reporter Aaron Labar. Today on the show, we have a guest. That's what we're dedicating our main segment to. Yes. Uh, We have Karen Hopkins, who is the author of a book called Wedding with Intention. Yes. Uh, She's a former wedding planner. She's going to like... From Australia, now lives in Vancouver. She's going to change your life. So because Erin is getting married very, very soon, we thought we would have her on the pod. First, though, how was your week, Karen? Unsurprisingly, almost entirely dedicated to wedding stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've been trying to, like, not go bananas. Mm-hmm. But I'm a very detail-oriented person. Yes. And so right now we're in that phase where it's just, like, all details. So I'm fixating a little bit. And I know, that I'm, I know that I'm doing it, so I'm trying not to. But it's very hard not to. Yeah. <laughs> It, uh, I remember that it's uh and just that feeling when you're in the and it, like this is wedding specific but I feel like or not wedding specific I should say I think any event when you're leading up to oh it, absolutely where you, you just, just want it to be over and you just can't cross anything off a to-do list because no. there's always another like thing yeah and like I don't want it to be over in that like, I like I would like I would like to enjoy this process, but I'm just so done with planning, the planning. And, and people asking me questions. Now it's just time for and emailing and paying people all of my money. I know. I'm just ready for it to happen and be done and for my friends to come and visit. That's the part I'm most excited about. Yeah. Is I've been emailing with some friends who are coming from out of town, some of whom have never been here. They're coming from the States. So I'm really excited for that part and to like carve out time to spend with them. Yeah. Um, it'll be, I know that it'll be excellent, but it's, it's sort of occupying every second of my life other than work yeah yeah well but we did host that event we did we went to mtc the warehouse where bang bang is currently on yes for people who don't live here mtc stands for manitoba theater company yes uh and we hosted a pre-show chat with the director uh kelly thornton yes and um yeah and artistic director as well. Oh, artistic director, yeah. But she's the director of the show. Of the show. Right. Yeah. And also um, Audrey, and I apologize because I can't remember her last name, but she was... it's Dwyer? Yes. And she was amazing. And we really want to have her as a guest on the pod. Yes. She is awesome. So, yeah. I mean, pod listeners may be familiar with Kelly Thornton because we did that yeah. conversation a few uh, weeks ago. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's nice to kind of host live conversations we like when people ask us to do that and we yeah. we discovered that all of our fans are mtc patrons <laughs> so a shout out to everyone who said hello to us yes because um, it was very cute and listen to the pod that's yeah. very exciting um i kind of sneakily in that i didn't really tell many people took a road test this morning <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> number eight yeah um okay <laughs> it was not successful in that i don't have a license okay but it was Best, worst, te- as one of our colleagues just told me, you're the safest unlicensed driver I've ever seen. Y'all, I was five minutes away from having a perfect test, which never happens. That means no general errors. You're allowed 10 on the amount of the road test. Right. Um, and no critical errors. But then I made a critical error towards the end. But I don't, need, I don't really agree that your error was a critical error, to be very honest. I don't either. And I think if I was less... I feel like you should fight it. I don't feel like like being sort of in the wrong lane to do a kind of left-hand turn is a critical error. People make that error every day, and it... Well, it kind of made me reflect on tests in general, uh, because, like, 
people who get licensed who have like nine general errors. Right. Because you're allowed to have 10. Yeah. Or 10 even probably. I think 11. That's you fail. Yeah. And no critical errors. But like what's worse? Having someone making one mistake once and having no other errors or having someone who made many mistakes. I also think that they have two, this is going to sound like bananas, but I feel like they have too many things that are automatic fails. Agreed. I feel like running a stop sign, sure. Going through a red light, like doing something like purely idiotic and very unsafe. And very wrong. And very, very wrong in an obvious way. Automatic fail for sure. But I don't feel like what you did should constitute an automatic fail. It was one of those tricky it's left hand turn my water every time it's your achilles this is a new left hand turn they've been different kinds of left hand turns every time but this one was kind of a quasi boulevard tour tour (laughs) turn (laughs) wow um and basically i thought it was one lane but it was really two lanes so i was trying to complete the turn from the wrong lane uh yeah so but weirdly i feel pumped because my instructor was like i've never had someone have zero general errors and uh, I feel like we're trending in the right direction. So statistically, next time, I think you should fight it. I will pass. We have a guest on the pod today. We do. An extremely timely yes. guest. Not only because she has a new book out, but because Erin is getting married. Next week. Next week already. Yes. I can't believe how quickly it's gone. I know. Karen Hopkins is joining us on the pod today. Hello, Karen. Hello. So I guess to introduce yourself a little bit to pod reader or pod listeners, I should say, um, tell us a little bit about, so you were a former wedding planner. You had a blog called Bride Disrupted. Now you have a book, Wedding with Attention. Tell us a little bit about that journey and what, uh, I guess, made you passionate about writing about the subject because it is a bit different from your normal wedding planning Guide. Guide. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So um, I was a wedding planner for about five years. And um, throughout that experience, I did witness some uh, things that go down (laughs) in the course of planning a wedding. And ultimately, what I noticed was a repetitive kind of experience where couples were feeling like they had to do certain things and that there was so much pressure put on these couples to check all these boxes and do the things that they thought that they were supposed to do and what their parents expected and what their guests expected. And it became this like real uh, struggle and challenge to navigate, okay, what do we actually want to do versus what everyone else wants us to do? And how do we keep everyone happy in the process? And, and, you know, ultimately end up with a celebration that we're really happy with and that isn't going to send us broken, isn't going to send us a little bit bonkers in the process. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and working as a wedding planner, I, I really worked with couples um, through – we really ended up talking about a lot of these relationship challenges and sort of family politic kind of things that come up throughout the process as well. So through all of this, um, yeah, I just kind of saw that this was like a common theme that it seemed to be a universal experience that we don't 
really know what you have to do to or like what are the rules around wedding planning do you have to do certain things or can you just do whatever you want and how do you kind of navigate those challenges along the way so um, Bride Disrupted was birthed out of a desire to create an educational kind of platform a place for inspiration where couples can go and get ideas for weddings that don't feel like the traditional white wedding that we're accustomed to Um, and then the book is all about guiding you through a process of how do you design a celebration that feels really authentic to you um, especially when you're trying to do something that is a maybe maybe a little bit out of what's expected when it comes to weddings and like ultimately what uh what is important to you and how can you create a ceremony and ritual around what's important to you rather than just falling into the trappings of what you believe you're supposed to do yeah these are questions that I definitely ask myself a lot through the planning process and also sort of like the opposite like do I not want this just because it's traditional or is this something that I would actually like to have in my wedding So it's kind of like this weird contrarian thing as well on the other (laughs) side. Well, because I think there's also a lot of pressure on uh, modern brides to have something that's super individual and isn't super, you know, like nobody wants their wedding to look like everybody else's. So I think you have kind of this push-pull between like tradition, but also kind of all the modern pressures of like, yeah, you know, novelty, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think like Pinterest and Instagram has changed the face of weddings, you know, over the last five years, it's become very much about the image and the projection of what your wedding looks like and how that is like unique and special compared to everyone else's. And I think what's interesting about that is the idea that, um, you know, unique and quirky weddings are kind of trending. And okay, so what that looks like is we see different a different approach to weddings where maybe you want to have a food truck instead of having a formal right. sit-down meal mm-hmm. or, you know, you just do these kind of anecdotal quirky touches. But ultimately, the weddings still, they still follow the same format that we're used to when it comes to weddings, um, but they just have these little kind of quirky touches to it. So wedding with intention kind of goes one step further it's like, what if we were to scrap everything that we associate with weddings and just design an intentional celebration or event based on something, a purpose, something that's important to you? Mm-hmm. Did you find that there are sort of like specific elements that would bring up these feelings of have to, supposed to, uh, when it came to wedding planning? Oh, 100%. So I, like, I, what's really important to talk about too is the idea that we're associate so many things with weddings because we've seen these things in films and Mm -hmm. in tv shows you know like I love watching say yes to the dress who doesn't such a great moment um you know, the other day I watched a reality tv show I think was Career Eye or something and someone's getting married at the end of it and this bride is like preparing to walk down the aisle and I'm crying and I don't even know who (laughs) she is you know like you just there's so much that we've um, been built up culturally these vignettes basically that we see as a part of weddings and so when it comes time to plan your own you, you grapple with like well I want that moment you know like mm-hmm. the, the moment of your dad walking you down the aisle is like a, there is a lot of emotion tied up with that image that you have but then when you unpack like well do I really want my dad to walk me down the aisle and give me away like mm, yeah. I don't really, as a modern feminist I don't love the sentiment of that so how do you kind of navigate yeah figuring out what's actually important to you versus what you 
have been led to believe should be important. Right. And I, and I think it's always, and I, I think this applies to weddings, but I think it also applies to anything, which is it's always scary to be a pioneer, right? So <laughs> I remember when uh, I got married four years ago, um, I, same as you, was like, oh, I don't really love the dad giving away. So I'm going to walk down the aisle by myself. And, you know, everyone was worried about my dad's feelings, but my dad is the chillest man you'll ever, so I talked to him, like, how do you feel? He's like, I'm, that's cool. <laughs> you know, so I think there's also um, that worry about like everybody else and kind of what yeah. they expect. And hurting feelings. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And that was like, ultimately the reason why I was like, I have to write this book was because I met with a number of clients, um, one after the other and I would get those same questions like do we have to do a first dance like I feel so uncomfortable about it the last thing I want to do is stand up in front of our friends and have this intimate moment together but like do we have to do it it's like of course you don't have to do anything you don't want to but you know yeah when you've got all of these um, guests or family members with their own personal expectations of what they think they're going to get and see at the wedding mm -hmm. it's really hard to try and figure out like oh, how do we keep everyone happy and, like, yeah, feeding their expectations, basically. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people are so fearful about kind of, um, as you say, breaking the wedding code? I think because, again, we've, we have those images of what a wedding should be based on what we see in films and movies and, you know, what we experience when we go to weddings ourselves, it just – it kind of feels like there's these unspoken rules of like what a wedding is supposed to have. And I think there's, that is kind of tied up with proper wedding etiquette as well. I'm doing air quotes with my fingers. You can't see. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, you know, I think like there's been some, um, brainwashing around like what is proper wedding etiquette and things that you are supposed to have in order to get your wedding right and so when you start to think about okay well if I stripped away some of these elements does it mean that I'm doing it wrong like are these traditions mandatory um, and, and I think, yeah, you get caught up in that like idea of like, well, no, we have to have this and we have to have that because that's just what weddings are. However, when you look into the origins of some of these traditions and these vignettes, um, it turns out that some of them were actually made up kind of recently. <laughs> yeah. Or at some point in the last, say, 50, 60 years, um, these a lot of these like actual traditions are from like thousands and thousands of years ago like from the roman empire and from like pagan wedding ceremonies and they kind of got resurrected around the 50s and the, in the rise of consumerism mm -hmm. and so now we've prescribed all of this new meaning to them um and you know marketers and Brands did that so that they could sell products based on them. Um, like, and the engagement ring is a classic example. Um, couples, uh, women didn't wear engagement rings in the 50s, and couples just exchanged uh, simple gold wedding bands when they got married. But the De Beers Diamond Company yeah. started a, a famous campaign in the in the 40s and um, turned diamonds into a thing for starters, that diamonds are forever and you must have a diamond engagement ring and also <laughs> resurrected this whole thing about engagement rings in the first place. Mm -hmm. So 
yeah, and that's kind of something that we do, I talk about in the book as well. We really we look at all of these rules or these expectations and kind of like go back to the origins and just check in and say like, okay, now that you know that this is what the original meaning was for, how do you feel about it now? Because right. forget about like what the latest movie you saw ascribed to that like one piece. Like, what do you? What is your meaning for this piece? Mm-hmm. One point, I was scrolling through your website earlier, and one sentence really caught my eye, and it said, no one cares about your wedding, which is so (laughs) true. Like, you care about your wedding, and your closest family cares about your wedding, but your friends who have been to 10 weddings this summer do not care about your wedding. Um, Do you want to, like, expand a little bit on that idea? Yeah, 100%. So I think, um, I guess you it it, it kind of applies to life in general. Like, I, I always, you know those moments where you're like, oh my God, like, oh, I'm wearing the same outfit that I wore, like, to that same <laughs> yes. party, like, yeah. last week, or, like, or, you know, I, God, I wear the same clothes to work every single week, like, just on rotation, like, people are totally going to notice, or, um, oh, I, like, made a spelling error in an email, and, like, I'm so embarrassed, and, like, you know, you get caught up in this rhetoric where you're thinking, like, everyone's constantly judging you, and, <laughs> and, and making comments about the way you're living your life, but when you actually think about it on the flip side, and you think about well, how often am I like noticing my colleagues' outfit and like making a point to notice that they've worn the same thing already this week or mm-hmm, whatever? True. You know, and and what you realize is like actually judgment, what we believe other people are judging us for, is typically what we're judging ourselves for mostly so you know everyone's caught up in their own stories and their own anxieties about what people are thinking about them so much so that they're often not really thinking about other people and judging you like you think they are judging you if that makes sense absolutely and so like the, the beauty of that is like once you realize that and you're like wow, like, yeah, these people, like, my friends, they love me, and yes, they care about, like, what kind of party I throw, and they want to come and enjoy themselves, but once you realize that they're not, like, paying attention to any of the details as closely as you think they're going to be, it can be totally liberating, (laughs) and you can go and, like, do whatever you want, and you don't have to stress about, like, those tiny little details. And I don't know for you, Erin, as you kind of, your wedding approaches very quickly, (laughs) if there's like, you know, a list of 50 things you still have to go and take care of. And it's like the the (laughs) tiny little details of things. You're like, oh, I must have like this sign for this and like this (laughs) custom thing for that. It's like like you're reading my mind. It's like you're (laughs) in my head. (laughs) (laughs) And then like you'll get, and it'll be like such a flurry to get it all done on the day. And then you'll wake up the next day and be like, I bet no one even freaking noticed that thing that I just spent like three hours running around errands for this week. Oh, and that's it's so true. And it's funny too because now that mine is in the rear view, it's not only what people notice, but what people remember. And I'll tell you, not much except for like how they felt or like how you know a beautiful moment from the ceremony or whatever. But like if I was like, okay, pop quiz, what did my centerpieces look like? People wouldn't pass. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and I mean you can get fo- like it's it's. it's It's hard to kind of, um, you know, I feel it's a tricky position because I don't want to tell people like, well, don't have nice centerpieces because it's a waste of money and no one remembers because that's not it either. You know, creating a lovely event experience with the decor and, and, you know, the feelings that you uh, are able to 
bring out in people because of the kind of venue and music and food and flowers. All of this is like, you know, it's really important to how people experience the events, but really it's just a process of deciding what's actually a priority for you. And, you know, if, if it is to elicit a feeling, then is that something that you need to go invest in a bunch of flowers and decor to get that kind of feeling or could you put more time and energy into um, the speeches or the ceremony or creating some kind of activity that's going to evoke those kind of feelings that you want to have among your guests instead of just relying on the kind of superficial things? Or getting too uh, perfectionist about the superficial things. So, you know, like, oh, this was perfectly lovely, except, oh, no, my peonies started turning brown and, like, something else happened. <laughs> you know, like, I think sometimes when um, – people get anxious, they tend to fixate on those details because it gives the illusion of control. Um, But I think it's all a good reminder, as you're saying, is to just kind of take a step back and think about, okay, what do, like, once you nail down what is important and what you value about that day, I think it becomes easier to kind of be like, okay, you know what, I'm going to take a breath, take a step back, here's what I'm going to Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell you, like, as a wedding planner, and this is, you know, a common experience among all wedding vendors as well, you really see how that pressure for everything to be perfect can affect the way that your clients behave. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's horrible because you can see that these people are torturing themselves internally about making sure everything is perfect. And there's, you know, there's sort of two reasons that I can identify that that happens. One is the idea that, again, like we have this vision, like once you get engaged, you start planning your wedding, you begin to like play out the movie scene of your wedding in your head. I don't know if you can agree with that or not. You're like, (laughs) this is exactly how it's going to go because you've seen all those films that have all those wedding scenes in them. So you kind of like have this idea that your wedding is also going to be perfectly executed, just like it is in the movies, which is not true. Like, life is much more messy than that. So, and just in case, take, like, you know, even in the movies, it's not one take, right? Where it is in real life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like, you don't see anything going on behind the scenes. So, there's that aspect of it, which really puts a lot of pressure on you to be like, must be seamless. It's like, it's not a, it's not a production. Like, things will happen on the day that are completely like you can't prepare for. So there's that, but then the other, um, the other notion is the idea that as a woman and you're kind of going through this bridal experience and you've been kind of encultured to believe that your journey as a bride and into being becoming a married woman and wife is kind of this ascendance from like your meager existence <laughs> as a regular unmarried person to now you get to like be a bride for starters like which is this moment of like dressing like a freaking queen and you get to be celebrity status of the day your hair and makeup done you get these stunning photos of yourself like you get to be the center of it all I'm not even talking about your partner they don't count by the way <laughs> like, it's all about the bride and then after that you're like okay and now that I'm married I have like ascended to this much higher social status of married and so there's a little bit of a rhetoric going on there too and and what that does is put so much pressure on the bride to make sure that everything is perfect and that she is also perfect that as the bride I like look amazing I'm skinny I'm pretty I'm fit like this is my time to ascend so I better be 
freaking prepared in all aspects of my <laughs> life, right? And and so, like, gosh, like, just those two things alone, let alone all the other, like, things that are happening in your wedding planning process, money, finances, like, parents getting involved, all that. Like, there's just so much pressure on a bride to be perfect. Well, yeah, there was no shedding for the wedding in my household. Oh, me We just left no, the good. dress out. <laughs> <laughs> um, for people who want to read your book, find your book, where can they do that? And if you want to plug your social media, now would be a good time to do that. Amazing. Yes. Um, if you head to bridedisrupted.com, you will find uh, lots of amazing, fun blog posts about why nobody cares about your wedding and how to deal <laughs> with nosy parents. Um, and you'll be able to find a link to purchase the book there as well. You can't miss it. And uh, follow us on Instagram at bride.disrupted. And yeah, we have lots of great chats about uh relationships and communication and, and the big the big conversations we're not about like oh look at this pretty flower or look at this pretty dress we're like let's let's real talk about weddings mm-hmm. well thank you so much for joining us on the pod you give me a lot to think about <laughs> getting married in eight days so <laughs> yes it's coming up give me a lot of thank you about. yeah all the best for your wedding oh, thank um, you. let me know how it goes I'd love to hear about it and how you like your reflections afterwards okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us Karen Thank you. We're going to end this week's episode with a signal boost because we haven't done that for a little bit. Signal boost. I'm just going to make like do that to announce <laughs> that signal boost is happening. Oh, okay. Oh, I feel like we should have like, can we invest in a slide whistle? Yeah. Boop. Like I feel like we should have like songs or like the, to introduce our regular segment. Maybe we should get one of those keyboards that you can program different beats into yeah and this one could be like the samba beat Ex- i would like that okay. I, I really wish everyone could have seen the <laughs> dance that just accompanied the word samba <laughs> uh what are you signal boosting uh i want to signal boost katie may's feature i believe it came out two saturdays ago uh and it was all about the accessibility of food in sort of inner city areas and the importance mm-hmm. of having fresh produce, uh, healthy foods that are accessible, not only in location, but in price for communities who need them most. Yes. And it was extremely well reported. The photos by Ruth Bonneville are beautiful there. It made me inspired to want to like volunteer at some of these places that offer these food services to people. Yeah. And I think it was just extremely interesting and, and well done and important information for people to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Food security is a big issue, especially if you head into an election. Like- yeah. That's and like not just the people that are, are running these these I guess grocery stores for lack hmm. of a better term, um, but sort of all the other people on the periphery that are helping them get the food that they need for a reasonable price on their end before they can sell it for a reasonable price from their own store. So there's like a lot of moving parts and a lot of different ways this happens. And Katie did a really good job with her reporting. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to signal boost uh, Melissa Martin's column from 49.8 that comes out on Saturday. So tomorrow, uh, but it's online now. Um, she had a really uh, cogent, insightful piece about uh, Jagmeet Singh and uh, yeah. the NDP federal candidate. For those who don't know, we're in the midst of a we're in the midst of election. Federal election. So yeah. this will come up. But he, uh, a constituent in Quebec, came to like came up to him to talk to him and said something so enraging and racist and xenophobic and 
you know told him to take off his turban basically and basically he shouldn't wear it you should cut off his turban so that he would look more like a canadian yeah and of course jagweet was very like you know what like we live in canada i feel like canadians look all kinds of ways like i disagree he was very and people were very commenting a lot on how respectful yes he was and calm when he really shouldn't have to be you know so that's kind of what she looks at and kind of you know what would happen had he yeah. responded angrily and, and how where, it's kind why of a no-win and yeah why his bar is higher yeah uh, in terms of behavior than justin trudeau or sheer yeah andrew sheer yeah, andrew sheer yeah so uh look for that because it's very good yeah um you can find everything that we've written at winnipegfreepress.com you can also follow us on social media i'm at jen Zaretti on twitter and instagram and i'm at naya Ravel on twitter and instagram will we have a guest host next week we must we yeah i'm not here stay guest host tbd tbd tk as they say in our business <laughs> but uh someone we'll see you next week 